Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So, Lee Catmull has let us down, hasn't he, Matt? He's let us down. For- has he? Yeah, he said he was going to come on the pod. We've got to have a good name, though. We're going to talk about him being underrated, uh, the most underrated football in the Premier League, and uh, he's blown us out completely. And well, so obviously, we've had Jubery, we've had Ian Wright on the pod. We've had Robbie, we've had. Michael Venom Page. Oh, that's my favourite. Yeah, Robbie. Um, but yeah, I'm, all, I'm at a loss. I don't know. All right, well, look, I've got a, uh, I've got a couple of guys here that are going to try. Um, how about, would you, what about Mourinho? We could do it on the phone. You don't have his number. I do have his number. Go on then. Right. Where did you get his number from? Mate, have you what? ask me no questions, I'll tell you no lies. What does that mean? Um, it means be quiet, five, because I'm about to call Jose Mourinho. I don't believe this, this is ridiculous. He's not going to pick up this, this phone. <laughs> See? Yes, hello? Uh, hello, is that Jose? Yes, this is a special one. Hello, Jose, mate. It's Matty Dubs from Wakey. You all right? Yes, I'm fine, but who is this? Uh, it's Matt from the Long Ball Street podcast. You probably know as we're like this, you know, huge podcast, always scoring in the top of iTunes charts. Massive deal. Hey, Jose. Yes, Long Ball Street, Flav. Yeah. <laughs> hey, mate. Hey, right, Jose. So, so yeah, well, Flav, how's it, Danny? Yeah, very well, very well. Well, we've just, uh, Matt, I'll tell you this. Matt, we're, we're just, we're just, uh, we're looking for a, a guest for the podcast and was wondering if you was available. I mean, you know, you're, you're in the country now. Yes, but it's difficult for if I have work now. Uh, for me, this, this will not work. I'm afraid I have to, uh, I have to pass, my friend. Surely that team picks itself. Oh, he's gone. Brilliant. Well, I, uh, I was doing really well until you fucked it up. I think you might have a point there. Um, what are we going right, to do? Okay, well, I've got... Uh, let me try one more. Um, R-O-Y? Roy. Roy Hodgson? Roy Hodgson. Oh, one second. All right, you're, we're going to get Roy Hodgson on the podcast. Do you think he's going to want to talk football at all? He once asked me to uh, play for him, but... What? It's back in the day when I used to kick ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that Roy? Hello, Roy. Uh, it's Matt from Long Ball Street Podcast. From where? Long, <laughs> the Long Ball Street Podcast. Is is that Roy? Oh, bloody hell. I thought it was a callback about the whole job. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, what can I do for you, Matt? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're just... Um, look, we're struggling for a guest this week and, you know, me and you go way back. Uh, I'm just wondering if you want to uh, come on the podcast this week with me and Flav. <laughs> Public will hang me up to dry. Anyway, 
Alright, it's, it's a bad line anyway. Uh, oh, he's gone. He's gone. All right. uh, have we got any more? Shall we just get um, get Jed on for us? Do we have to get Jed? I know, it's a really scrape in the barrel, but I okay. get. Alright, Jed. Jed is. Long. Episode 16 of the Long, Long, what? The Long Ball Street Podcast. I can't even get the intro out, Matt, before you begin talking. It's our sweet 16th. It is. It's very exciting. Have you seen that programme on on MTV where they, uh, it just makes you hate, hate Western civilization? Yeah, I hate life after watching my super sweet 16. But I've got it series linked. Is it just, yeah, but you you say Western civilization. I thought it was just an American thing. Yeah, but they're they're the kind of, they they symbolise the West. Do we have sweet 16s in England at all? There is a UK edition. Well, that series linked as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, you, if you haven't already realised, uh, we're joined this week by Jed. Well, why would they realise it? it was Jed because he hasn't really done anything. Because well, that's true. I was going to say they might have picked up his voice. What from yeah. Barry Barry Foreman? Well, he's the man of many voices. Mm. Do, do the Barry Foreman just very quickly. The Barry Foreman voice is essentially my voice and the commentator on Ball Street FC. Uh, that's amazing. If you haven't seen Ball Street uh, played. Spencer FC, but, uh, hashtag, uh, hashtag United. United in a game at, um, where do we play? Does it matter? No, I don't really. think it matters. On no. the internet. We played on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on YouTube, on our channel and their channel uh, and they beat us, which is quite a sore subject. Why are we talking about this? Um, I don't know, you just kind of got, because oh, of the Barry well, Foreman. Yeah, the Barry Foreman. So, so Jed, is, uh, Jed works at Ball Street, but he's also, um, he makes many different appearances via the medium of, of voice. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is the big one, isn't it? This is the one everyone's been waiting for. Ian Wright, Michael Dubry, Michael Venom-Page, no, yeah. Jed from the sales floor, I right? think. <laughs> it's, it's interesting you say that, because you said that directly before we, before we recorded, started recording. Yeah. And what I said to you is, don't blow your load, right? Because if you start doing the gags before the mic turned on, you can't then recreate that joke. It's like making love to your missus after you've blown your load. Right. You what? don't want to do it. Well, yeah. it's like making love to your missus after you've you've blown you've, you've I mean, knocked you, one you out might, in the toilet. You and might then not you be miss- able to perform in that circumstance. No man. Can. <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> no, no man can. I don't care what anyone says. No, but, but that's that's apparently what you do. You know, in order to then go longer. So if it's an important one, you do that. You then no kind way. of like you do that, and then once it's the main event with your m- wife or girlfriend or significant other, you're then able to have a a better, longer uh, performance, and she'll be more delighted about it, and then more likely to see you again. I, Look, I, I, don't, I don't speak for you guys. Are you struggling? Are you struggling to get some? No, I don't struggle to get some. Well, it I've seems got, like it. You're I, very I, defensive. I'm in, a, I'm in a very loving, healthy relationship. It's got very red. No, yeah. I, sometimes after looking in the mirror after I've knocked one out. What? The self-loathing. Well, I sometimes look in the mirror. <laughs> this is like the one on the ceiling. <laughs> I'm Michael Douglas. Um, yeah, I, I guess what Flav's saying is he doesn't need performance-enhancing tugs. That's what. <laughs> Very good. See, that's why he's on the pod. See, comedy. Yeah. Um, all right. So today's podcast is essentially looking at some of the the issues around the game. Obviously. From an outside perspective, the game in England has never been healthier. Clubs are spending more money on players than they ever have done before. The Premier League franchise has never been more popular the world over. The elite's never been elite. That's right. And in terms of talent, both managers and players, we've never had a spread 
like it. You know, you think about the the, the great managers we got in the mm. game. Pogba's Ibrahimovic is on the pitch. Um, Harry Kane's still around, isn't he? So. Um, you know, but there are obviously major issues inside the game, and and on the podcast today we're going to be looking at some of the clubs that are suffering in the daylight of money in the modern game. I'm here with Matt, my co-host. Hello. And as yeah. we said, Jed. <laughs> <laughs> Jed's on. Such what a, a build-up! Yeah, I didn't need to worry about blowing my own load, did I? <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, thanks for that one, Flav. The, 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 yeah, hi. The name Jed is just such an unassuming name. Mm. It's like like Flav. Yeah. So syllabic unassuming name Flav has some magic about it um, before, before we go we go into that Matt um, this mm. is your opportunity now because every single episode of the Long Ball Street podcast you've crowbarred Huddersfield Town into it but as things stand in the championship they're joint top it's very early to be talking about that and I know they don't hand out titles after uh, in, in mid-August it is the true barometer of form you know you can't judge a team until after two games yeah. <laughs> the, the table after two games I think starts to be indicative yeah, yeah. it does, it so, does. so yeah we're, we're, you know, it was nice to see QPR win yesterday and, and uh, sort of keep hot on our coattails yeah. um, but, and, and uh, yeah it's brilliant to be up there we beat Newcastle but you're expecting for it all to fall apart of course very soon I'm a Huddersfield fan it's what it well to be honest it doesn't normally fall apart because there's never something that pretends like it's going to be something in order to then fall apart there's nothing yeah. made in no. the first place it, yeah to fall apart it's there's just no, normally yeah. it just looks like it's never even going to form in the first place yeah, yeah. there's no fire it's just bits of kindling and twigs <laughs> exactly yeah but we've won two we've won the first two games of the I think this is our best start to a league season since 1969 or what, something two wins <laughs> yeah no no well two wins in the championship perhaps right we might have had two wins in, in a different league but yeah um, but you're quite excited you're reinvested now is that right no I'm not I, I still feel quite um, quite detached actually mm. um, and, and it's kind of come about because my, my uncle who I always used to go to football with he when we were going before he's he's of uh, he's of age now and we'd score or we would be just under pressure late in a game and he would he'd have to sit down and he's struggling to catch his breath a little bit and he went to the doctor and they said <laughs> essentially said to them Huddersfield Town probably aren't very healthy for you um, so, so he's not going as <laughs> well, much <laughs> it comes with a health warning yeah it, it does but, but he's not going as much so I don't go as much because it's it, it was part of kind of getting together with my family so I, I do a little bit but, but I've not been as much so I feel a little bit um, a little bit off it however We've kind of all of a sudden got this decent manager who's Wagner, who was um, uh, Klopp's C-team manager or something mm-hmm. like that at Dortmund, but he's come out of that whole ethos, which I think seems to have been quite a successful formula. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. It, I mean, you talk about... Joint top. <laughs> you talk about family. <laughs> you talk about family, and, and, and that being the kind of one of the things that brought you together. And that's the same for me, definitely. You know, for, for Tottenham... He's, it was your I, old man, wasn't it? Yeah, my, my old man and my granddad was, was a Spurs fan and my five brothers are all Spurs and it's what brings us together or a reason for us to get together. And it, and it's sometimes, I think people that support the game in that way get frustrated with the game in its current format. Um, uh, but before we go into that, what, what, how do you feel about the game as a whole in England what's your what's your what's your feeling I don't, I don't know if it's being a being a Charlton fan you know and obviously Matt's been we were in a similar league until uh, until last season 
Um, I don't know if it's being a side that's not in the Premier League. I feel largely ambivalent to it. You know, the, you talked about the Pogba and the Zlatans and the managers. It's kind of. I don't really buy into that hype anymore. Um, I'm not. Maybe I did when we were in the Premier League, but you know, in the ten years that have passed, I don't really kind of buy that anymore. It doesn't really feel like um, like something I'm overly excited by. You know, it's it's really easy to market it and it's great for broadcasters, but really, it's, that doesn't hugely excite me to be honest. Who's who's excited about Ibrahimovic then? Um, Man United fans, mm. obviously. Kids that play FIFA, yeah, and broadcasters, yeah. I bet. I mean, there's still a big audience of people who could be excited by that. People who tune into Super Sunday every week, and you know, are kind of yeah. um, heavily invested in that. You know, it'll be another great, you know, tip of the cap to the greatest league in the world, mm. and all that kind of stuff. But it's just, I, I just kind of, I, I've worn thin of it. It's yeah, kind of see through it a bit for me. I don't know if. Um I mean, this whole best league in the world thing, I hate that kind of arrogance that we've mm. kind of had for many years now about, oh, God, it's the best league in yeah. the world. And it's like, well, is it? What, what constitutes the best league in the world? It's the most commercially fucking obsessed league in the world. Yeah. I'd say that's pretty much, pretty much yeah. certain. Um, but also it's a, it's a league that, I don't know... Um, has kind of sold its soul a little bit in in favour of what I think is the elite. It's that kind of top five or six clubs, um, and it's really kind of pandered to them for a long time. Do you remember there's a time where, when Sven was in charge, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they got to this this whole period whereby, well, you can play Paul Scholes, but he's only allowed to play thirty minutes because yeah. he's got a game on Saturday. And because the Premier, you know, the Premier League became so big, the broadcast rights have been pushed up and up and up and up to the stage now where uh, the clubs are saying, "Well, I'm paying him, you know, a quarter of a million pounds a week. I don't want him to get injured in this England game." Mm. And it's kind of marked this whole shift away from the national game towards this club. Premier League elite thing and as a as a lower division football fan what do I get out of it yeah. I get nothing apart from the arrogance that they've all got uh, but I don't get a national team that, that, that's structured in a way that's heading towards success but that's been the case for the Premier League wasn't it the whole thing was pressure from the top six and, and how much more kind of attractive they were and they could command a better TV deal right from the very birth of the Premier League um, and the FA kind of you know the guys who are supposed to to look after the spirit and the soul of the game kind of just folded in with it and went all right let's go with it um and you know it was called the fa premier league for a bit but as the years have gone on the money's got bigger and everything snowballed they're further removed from it well the, the kind of formation of the premier league started what the foundations were laid actually in in the 80s mm. by tottenham who um they started, oh, give up. They started this they started this trend of um actually this is one of the things i'm not proud of as a spurs fan this is by far and away the worst most catastrophic thing we've done in terms of the values and true values of the game um so spurs started this trend in the 80s when they floated they were the first team to yeah. float on the stock exchange and they they managed to circumnavigate fa rules which said that ultimately shareholders can't take profit out of a football yeah. club because it's supposed to be a kind of uh more sacrosanct type of environment you know it's, it's got benefits it's not, from like charitable status almost it, yeah it's a, it's a member your your mm. your, your, your members are, are part of a, a wider organization and ultimate benefit is for the game and, and the community that it serves but what Scholar did, our chairman at the time, um, they they wrote to the FA and they said, "Well, if can we get round this rule by setting up Spurs PLC, which was a subsidiary of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club?" And the FA didn't respond. Um, in the, the rumor goes, or, or, or whispering say that the FA were too scared to respond, mm. 
because it would mean them coming out against one of uh, the biggest the big football clubs. Yeah, yeah and, and they didn't, and Spurs just went on, went ahead and did it every uh, anyway. And as we saw, the, the, the rest of Europe more or less followed, um, apart from some other big clubs, that, you know, certainly in Germany, Barcelona being another one. Um, but that was the kind of that was that was the foundations for what football's become today. And obviously now, every club is a business, and and in football it's about partisanship. So why should Tottenham fans or or Arsenal fans or Man United fans, whatever, care what Huddersfield or, or Charlton are going through? Yeah. Because ultimately, like they don't care about their fortunes on the pitch. They don't care about them after. Is that a fair argument? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a fair argument. I. I just think if you've if you've been through it as Charlton are going through it at the moment, and you know Blackpool and various other clubs, um, sides like Wimbledon have been through it and kind of come out the other side. Yeah. Um, I think if you, you experience that as a you know as a as a fellow fan, you know when you see it happening to someone, I don't know, it might be different if it's your complete fiercest rivals, but you know ultimately you want that rivalry to be there on a the pitch, and you do want to hate a side. But I just think you know it, it reaches a point where you look at it and go. Fuck! If that was happening to my club, as he is at the moment, yeah. um, I just think it reaches another level, and you think something has to be done because otherwise, yeah, it just becomes it is just business at the end of the day, and there's there's nothing about the game that we loved in there. I don't like this us being divided and conquered as football fans or as people in this mm. world right now, and that's ultimately what's kind of happening. And I think that because um, you, you need to have look as, as a Huddersfield fan, I, I want Leeds United to exist. Mm. I want to hate them. Yeah. Uh, I want to be able to hate Bradford. You know, you want to be able to have these rivalry games because uh, that's what makes it so thrilling. That the fear of losing yeah. and the elation of getting this kind of like victory out of the you know in, in those kind yeah, of tense yeah. games it's what we live for isn't it the, the energy you get from that's amazing so you, you just like the batman needs the joker mm. um just like every uh you know goody needs his energy just like yeah. the the jedis need the the dark Christianity side he wouldn't exist without hell and hey, the devil mm. so the, the, you uh, need exactly. an antagonist so, so 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 you need that um but i kind of feel that there's like football fans you know, we fall for all this rivalry and it kind of gets built up and, and because of that, you get all these kind of almost like, not thick people, but people <laughs> that really kind of get sucked into that to the stage where they forget the greater good. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I think that we've got the opportunity. We're kind of divided as consumers. We're divided. We're always taught fear and hatred and, and, and actually kind of nobody wins really apart from the people that are at the top of that hierarchy that that can kind of, you know, life can continue anyway. So I, I really think that football fans need to and I really want them to kind of work together because time and time again, these are the ones... We, we pay for everything as fans. Yeah. You pay for the ticket prices, you pay for the pies, you pay for the beers, you pay for the shirts, you pay for the TV subscriptions. Yeah. You pay for everything. In the whole world, we pay for football. Yeah. And actually, it's kind of... It's sucked into the top. The media companies, yeah. uh, the huge teams, the huge players, they get far more than their fair share. And you know what? They don't give a shit about what fans actually think about, what they care about. They just see them as customers, as numbers. They see it as that's their entitlement. So if they're a football club, you think, well, we're going to sell 10,000 season tickets because you know these people out there will continue paying for it and continue doing it. And actually by recognising that, that power... Um, together I actually think that we can achieve great things absolutely and we can get fans a seat at football's table well we, we, we've seen that uh, the, the kind of football supports federation uh, supporters direct um, you know these, these are organisations that are managing to galvanise fans and, and, and get them to work together to make change last season obviously you saw 
what happened with Liverpool. You know, it wasn't just Liverpool. There were a lot of campaigns for lowering tickets, but Liverpool managed to make to make Liverpool fans manage to make the actual club react. Yeah, and if it wasn't which is the great. whole way, which is great. Um, but what one thing that annoys me is the way fans will laugh at another set of fans because they can't fill their stadium, forgetting yeah. the fact that the cost uh, that goes into uh, buying a ticket and paying for your match day. And, and really, whenever you look at this, this divide and con- conquer type thing, yeah. they, the powers that be want you to look sideways, blame, blame sideways yeah. instead of looking up. And, and, and while you're laughing at other fans, you're distracting them from the actual causes here and the people that are to blame. Exactly, and that's that's where it differs. You know, you say it's like any, you know, or playing devil's advocate, it's like any other business. But that's where it differs with um, with football. Is you know, you have to be, you have to be loyal. You know, if you go. You know, you go to you go to a restaurant. This is something that the Charlton chief exec said, and um, and it's kind of massively backfired on her. But if you go to a restaurant, you go to a cinema, and you don't like it, you go somewhere else. But you can't do that with a football team. You know, yeah. that would be disloyal to to leave at the club that you've always followed. Um, but ultimately, in every other area as a consumer, you have that choice. You go, all right, okay, this isn't good enough. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go elsewhere. Which you can't do that with a football club. So why should fans be exploited? For, for being loyal um, it, to a club, you know. It is, yeah, it, it is a weird one. And like what you're saying there about you've got the opportunity to, like if you're at a, a cinema or, yeah. a, or a restaurant, you've got the ability, you've got that choice where you can go elsewhere, but you kind of can't do that in football. And it is weird because you do or you complain and probably like in customer service, mm. <laughs> you know, that they care, don't they? They say, oh, what, you didn't like that garlic bread? Yeah. Let me let me take 10% off the bill or, or let me try and do something that compensates you for that or let me give you some kind of voucher for next time or whatever. Um, but in football, there seems to be this, a lot of times with clubs <coughs> and arrogance or, or that kind of whole... It's like they don't give a fuck. They know. Yeah. They know that they'll. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll keep know coming back for more. Yeah. So they're actually. If you think of it, if you're looking for a business to buy, you. If if you're looking, if you're experienced in the service industry or the the provision of uh, of a service, like I don't know, a fucking restaurant or whatever. Flav's <laughs> <Flav's> fucking restaurant. Flav's <laughs> fucking restaurant. Right? Actually, why would I want to be in a business where I have to satisfy my customer? Yeah. Why not go into a business like football where it doesn't matter what I do, they'll turn, they'll up. keep yeah. coming. Uh, it actually makes perfect sense. Um, let's move on to Charlton. Hey, customer, mm. I don't give a shit, mate. Yeah. See you next week. All right. And we're gonna. By the way, don't forget we're bringing out a new yellow shirt next week. You can mm. buy that if you want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Treat people like that, yeah. I mean, that is the the perfect segue to Charlton because Catherine Mayer, who's the the chief exec, kind of alluded to it a minute ago, um, has made a series of kind of at best PR gaffes, at worst treating fans with contempt, um, and one of the big ones is where she she referred to fans as customers and used that exact example and said, if you go to the cinema or you go to the restaurant and you don't like the meal, um, you don't boo, you don't scream and shout. I find this very strange that people do it in football. Mm. And it just kind of shows the complete lack of understanding. Yeah. Have you on LinkedIn, did she used to work in a cinema or a restaurant? And this is... No, she's a lawyer she's by trade, but... Um, yeah, I mean that's that's madness, though, isn't it? Can, can I? It is true. Do, I mean, okay. Do, do you do we do you guys think that if you're a football fan and you pay your money that you have a right to boo and and so and act like a dick? I was quite staunch uh, for many years in the fact that fans should never ever boo. Mm. Um, I, I run 
the hugely successful Fighting Cock podcast. And I created a few enemies um, in Tottenham's fan base by suggesting that those who boo are scumbags and they shouldn't they, they shouldn't be at, uh, at football. But they said that they've got the right to do that. They yeah. said, like, who are you to tell us? And, yeah. and now I realise, yeah. who am I? I'm no, I'm no one in the first instance. But secondly, if you're paying that much... And no one listens to you anyway. How else are you going to show your displeasure at what you've been provided, other yeah. than to be to, 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 to be boo, vocal about it? Yeah. To be vocal about it, and, and and I think there's other ways to do it that are more constructive than booing during the game or at, heart, at, at final whistle. But if it works, if it gets their attention, if the players are hearing it and better of all, better of the um, the board are hearing it, then it seems a logical thing to do. So I kind of don't have an issue anymore. It is interesting. I, I, I don't know how I stand on it, actually. Because yeah. I would always think that, right, if you're at a football match, if we're booing them and we're starting to give some guy anxiety, you know, and confidence isn't quite there, um, you're not going to help if no, you're booing and you're shouting. Yeah. And actually, the crowd definitely plays a role in that. Of course they do, you know? Yeah. Um, and, in fact, we've heard that from... Reece. Um, sorry, yeah, Reese Weston, Weston. Reece and Reese the, the actor. <laughs> we, we also, uh, remember that story I was talking about Sheffield Wednesday yeah, and yeah. their manager who came in and basically said, Look, what I want you to do, he actually asked the, the Sheffield Wednesday fan base, please don't boo. If a guy makes a misplaced pass, it's because he's trying to do something that I've asked him to do, please cheer them. Uh, and 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 just give us that bit of grace, and I promise you, I'll deliver great football. And and from my mate, who's a Sheffield Wednesday fan, that mm. happened. The team got to the player final, and they had an amazing year. So you can see that um, it makes sense to kind of not boo. However, um, football clubs have. A, l- a long history of doing really bad things yeah. and really bad things treating the fans like shit. So, like you said, and it, you know, it's not like they um, uh, they've got a little complaints box and they start to kind of d- deal with them. They they seem to not give a shit. So you kind of that's yeah. really the only thing you can do in well, a way. Isn't like, it? That's that's all well and good. Like you said, that self, that, that Sheffield Wednesday when you told me that story, I had like hairs on the back of my neck standing up and, and check it out. Do you remember the guy's name? Well, the, the manager. Yeah, it's the one currently. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the, it's the check, current manager, Carv, Carval, Carvello, or whatever. Right, uh, check, check that out if you're listening. The story's name. fantastic, and the way he kind of get foreign name, <laughs> he, he, uh, he, the way he kind of galvanised the um, the, the shop. Is that him? That's no. ridiculous. I thought I'd turn that off. I apologise. Okay, forgiven. Sorry. For uh, the uh, <laughs> the yeah yes. Yeah. Check that story out. The way he galvanised the support and got everyone on board together. When it when it's poor performance, it's one thing, and, and, and a manager who comes in and thinks uh, 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 changes the mentality of a football club. That's positive, and you can understand that completely. Uh, if we give it a good example, would be how split Arsenal fan base is at, yeah. the, at the moment. And uh, while I enjoy that, that the Tottenham fan in me yeah. enjoys it, I love hearing the booze. It's like the groan of a beautiful woman as I make love to her. It's that. Flav, hang on a minute. Wait, like, seriously, what? just go and this one out. Check this out, your system. Can you do that pre-match rather than coming in here with this cocked up... Hey, Jed, come in here. Don't answer it. You want it, so Jed? The, the devil's never had as many mentions as he's had today. And you've never been as sexually obsessed as you are today. I love this. Is it, what's Jed bringing out? I know, yeah. This is, this is, is it. It's some satanic, huge, huge satanic chemistry that he's going yeah. on here. All right. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I'm sorry, I won't mention sex again. Um, or masturbate. Are you just doing it now? Sorry. The, uh, anyway, Arsenal. Yes, the, the sort of booing. You can understand why they're they're um, they're, they're pissed off. They spend more money than anyone else. They've really not progressed at all in ten years, despite finishing the top four for the last sixteen or whatever mm. it might be. And and as a Charlton fan, you're looking at that game thinking, "What are you whinging about?" 
course. Well, I was until you until you kind of mentioned it earlier, and, and you're right because you know I don't get down there as much as uh, to the valley as much as I should. But when I go, it's it's twenty quid a ticket, right? Mm. And so actually, the ticket price is one of the, the few things that are um, that are right about it. You look at the money that Arsenal fans are, are paying on season tickets yeah. to go and sit in there, and that's that's the bit that makes me you know look at it a bit differently. Yeah, but what it right. One team wins the league, mm. right? One team wins the FA Cup. Um, one team wins the Champions League, right? So there's loads of different clubs that are able to win these 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 tournaments or these leagues, right? So just because you've spent a load of money, I don't think gives you any kind of... You don't have the right to act with entitlement. And that's mm-hmm. what I kind of feel a lot of the Arsenal fans do. It's like... Crying out loud, we deserve to win this. You don't. Guess what? There's like 20 other teams that are doing that, you know? So actually, to finish third or fourth, you've not done bad. There's no reason why you you should do it just because you've got cash, just because you sit in a nice stadium. So I don't think that they do have the right to act like they're going on. I think think they have the right to, whether or not it's the correct, you know, the correct analysis of their club, I'd probably differ. I think just the amount of money they have to pay and the amount of money that's sitting there for them to not spend and have a go at winning the league is you can see where they oh no I can I can see that but um, yeah. I, I can sorry I can see why they would be um, um, but it's like enjoy your stuff yeah. enjoy your but, great football club don't yeah you? enjoy the fact that you're signing the world's best like you, you know the world's best players or, or some of them like Alexis Sanchez yeah it, it, it had amazing uh, was it World Cup or or whatever he scored loads of goals and then they they bring him in and and that was a, from Barcelona yeah they signed Ozil after he'd been killing it for a few years they signed him from Real Madrid yeah I mean look. We never sign anyone who I really have heard their names of, or it's very rare that you do. And if someone becomes good, they're sold. At least you guys are, you know, you have this thing. At least you can kind of, where you don't even have to go to the bloody games. You're on the telly everywhere. Yeah. It's like, as an Arsenal fan, I'm sorry, but you don't have problems. You know what I mean? That's like, it's like hashtag first world problems yeah, you know, yeah, on yeah. Twitter. It's where I'm sitting there going, fucking hell, this, you know, God, my house is good, but like some, you know, the, the I've just got a leak in it. It's like, I've got an house. I should be delighted yeah, about that. You know what I'm saying? The, can you say Trump? There's a homeless <laughs> person at the end of, end of the road. Exactly. And he's, yeah. he's sitting there and he's like looking through the window. Yeah. There's, there's so many people that have it shit in football that those at the top of the Premier League that final oh God, you didn't win a trophy for a few years. Yeah. Get over yourself. All right. I, I, I agree. I mean, ultimately, I'm playing devil's advocate, and I hope everything bad that can the happen devil in again does happen to Arsenal Football Club. Um, yeah, but tell us what it's been like. This story for Charlton. Yeah. Um, where, where, where did it start to go wrong? So, well, was I it, mean, was it, did it all start Alan Kirbishley? Yeah, it, it probably did. <laughs> everything you know, when he left. Does, when he left, does, yeah. yeah. So, you know, after years of stability and being seen as kind of uh, in almost in that regard, a patronising way of how a sensible football club should be run. Um, but you know they were they were great times. Yeah. Financially, we didn't overcommit. I loved watching the side during that time. You know, Clive I was never Mendonca. Mendonca. But then you know the the years afterwards in the Premier League for a, you know for a, the best part of a decade. Um, you know, kind of Matt Holland, Darren Bent, Chris good Powell, players, Chris Powell, Chris um, Cla- uh, Clash Clash Yeah, Jensen, yeah, he's a brilliant player. Yeah, um, Radistan Kishishev, Yeah. yeah. A Bulgarian magician. Any other? Any um, other? Can we name any other Charlton players? Can you else up your sleeve here, lads? Johnny Jackson. Johnny Jackson. Still, is he still? Got, Johnny Jackson. Did he is score at the weekend? Johnny, um, Johnny Jackson is was starting at left midfield um, at the well, tender age of thirty-four or whatever he, uh, mm-hmm. whatever he may be now. But the guy's a club legend. But he came kind of post that era, so oh, we had. Cotton. 
um, and via a number of other clubs oh, as really? well. Yeah, but yeah, so we had that that kind of those years of stability. Then Ian Dowie came in for a kind of um, a period of what seemed like just utter chaos. Um, they kind of panicked. There was that panic of, oh God, we're going to go out of the Premier League. What do we do? And what do you do when you're going to go out of the Premier League? You bring in Les Reed as manager. <laughs> um, if, you, uh, if you remember Les Reed, yeah. um, so it, not, not many do. It also sounds like a uh, kind of northern fouled comic. Uh, you know, Les Reed, he's blue. He's oh yeah, he's good. He, tell, he tells a few, he tells a few gags. You like him, fluff, yeah. <laughs> Les, Les Reed, yeah, doing the uh, the Northern Club scene. Um, yeah, that lasted um, God a, a handful of games. So a catalogue of errors. That's it's a catalogue of errors. Yeah. And which, how did it lead to the current incumbent? Um, so then there was a period of decline that followed that. So we went down to um, to the Championship. Overspent in the championship, relegated to, to League One under Alan Pardew's stewardship, um, if you can call it that. Was he still in charge when you got He was in uh, No, he jumped ship earlier on in the season, right. but the damage was done. Um, but you'd, um, you'd yo-yoed a little bit on the Kirby side. You'd gone up, um, down, gone up again? Yeah, or? so we went up, came down, and then went up and stayed there for a, right. for a number of years. Um, but anyway, the real problem started uh, in January 2014. So um, the club had got back. Into the into the championship under Chrissy Powell, um, who'd assembled a you know a, a squad from scratch pretty much, um, and then this uh, Roland de Chatelet, who's the the Belgian owner, um, came in and it, it's all kind of started to unravel from there really. So I, I love the um, do you know what Charlton fans start to call themselves after that guy. Yeah, so he was uh, he was owner of um, of Standard Liège at the time, and this nickname of Substandard Liège was <laughs> uh, was going around the valley for a while. <laughs> Which um, which pretty much summed it up actually because there was just still quite kind of like a historical banter. Yeah, gallows humour. Yeah, yeah. Which, absolutely. Um, um, so yeah, so so they are right. I mean, that, to be honest, what what you, I mean that that happens to football clubs. Yeah. Things go wrong. What's so bad about these current? Bunch? I mean, I think the it's a it's a catalogue of things. I mean, firstly, the way the kind of the installations of managers. So I mean, they were never going to enamel, um, uh, you know, kind of. Made themselves popular with with Charlton fans after uh, after sacking Chris Powell. I mean, look, we weren't in a good position in the league. They sacked him, and they've just brought in a series of managers who've lasted five minutes, and a series of unproven managers as well. Sorry, Sean Newton. Sean Newton, yes, uh, again. That's another that Charlton player. That was great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I loved him. Yeah. I love I love you had to Google it as well. Yeah. That. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, Sean Newton. Yeah, Great Carl, Carl Lieben. Lieben, yeah. Uh, again, this is probably pre, yeah. That was definitely pre the Premier League era. Carl Lieben. Sorry about that. Uh, so, so, <laughs> so, so one of the give us a, a number of decisions or, or choices so, they've made that have kind of the, the, the lack of stability with managers has just been has been hilarious. What, so, so you've had a number of managers. Yeah. So Powell went. They brought in a guy called Jose Riga. You may vaguely remember. Mm. He managed to keep us up uh, and was then fired in the summer. Um, mm. They brought in a guy called Bob Peters, who, to go down the name <laughs> route, sounds like a PE teacher, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, but Bob Peters was Dutch manager. He lasted a few months. He went, um, and then we've had more. We've had Guy Luzon again, a guy who'd been fired by Du Chatelet at Standard Liège. Um, so he's fired and then brought into his other fired, club. Yeah, uh, Jose Riga came back, having been fired by Standard Liège, appointed by Charlton, fired by Charlton, <laughs> appointed by Blackpool, fired by Blackpool, then brought back into uh, to Charlton. Funny enough, that one didn't work out either. So. Yeah. You know that's that's kind of what you're dealing with with managerial appointments and the players were you know real substandard players brought in from around this this network of clubs that he's got across Europe. So uh, Standard Liège isn't one of them anymore, but um, yeah, a series of of clubs in Hungary and and Belgium. Um, 
you know, and these players were coming in and the managers were basically being forced to play them. You know, Chris Powell's uh, quite openly spoken about this now, saying players were turning up with suitcases at the training ground and, oh, I'm here to play. <laughs> you know, and he had no idea they were. Oh um, and, 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 you know, and, and they'd been promised starting They'd been promised starting, well, starting yeah. spots, so that's why they'd moved them over to Charlton. So, you know, that's, that gives you an idea of the kind of the wackiness that was going on. And then there's, you know, a series of, of bizarre, embarrassing incidents as well. Sorry, Kevin Lisby. Kevin Lisby, Kevin yeah, Lisby. as well, scored a, a hat-trick against Liverpool. That was uh, his finest hour. A lot of these players, particularly the strikers, never scored any goals at Charlton and have gone and scored everywhere else. <laughs> everywhere else yeah. um, you had Sean Butler as well, didn't you? We did have Sean Butler, yeah, another striker who never scored any goals. Um, but he was all right, I think we kind of quite liked him. He scored a great goal against Man United. Yeah, it's um, six years, I didn't realise he'd been out on. Yeah. Okay. Um, Carry on. So, uh, yeah, we'll do. Um, <laughs> wander down memory lane. Richard Rufus, by the way. Now, Rufus, so, yeah. yeah. Um, Rufus. <laughs> now, now, lo- now you're talking. Loved a header. Now, he, yeah, he scored, uh, scored a goal famously in the uh, in the playoff final when Mendonca got a hat-trick. Yeah. That was uh, arguably his finest hour. That um, was one of the best Sometimes games. buy him on Football Manager, Richard Rufus. Yeah, he's in a, he's in a bit of bother now. He's, um, Is he? Yeah, he's... Uh, uh, a string of legal problems. Okay, that um, probably shouldn't. Yeah, so you know, caveat that with allegedly and stuff. But yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's been in a spot of bother. That's a shame. What was um, what's you know, tell us about what was going on. So what was so the, yeah, so then um, strange decisions. This, these these kind of really bizarre things that were that could be seen as very embarrassing on the club. They um, installed the fan sofa right. on the side of the pitch. Tell us about that. This. So yeah, on the corner flag, get closer to the action with the fan sofa, right. um, which again, you know, it's just a very odd thing and doesn't show any kind of understand what it's like to be a football fan in, in England, in England yeah. um, which uh, got kind of lovingly trashed so at the end was, of last season. So there was an actual sofa. There was an actual sofa. Picture. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, it was red. It was a big right red sofa. Like, How big? Well, you know, a, a giant-sized, novelty-sized. You could fit um, a kind of a, a, family? a two point four family on there. So, yeah, uh, so you'd have mum, dad, and then two sprogs. Did yeah. you have to book out it? That was that a season ticket that you could? Buy? Um, it was a. It was seen as a reward for fans to get close to the action. So yeah, that's and it. You know, you don't want to be stood in the crowd. The covered but, but was it a sponsorship thing, or was I, it? No, I don't think it was led by sponsorship. It was just something that they thought would be a, a great addition. Um, so a great sure, addition they did the contact the. They would have 100%. I mean, they probably didn't, such as... I don't think it was as, 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 it, as well, well constructed as a DFS sofa. But it's just, I mean, and this is what we want to do a podcast on, but you, you do see a, a bizarre amount of farcical ideas implemented mm. by people that have got a stake in the game of football um, under the banner of getting closer to the fans. Yeah, you know what they're talking about. I mean, so this is obviously working in sales. This is something that we encounter quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is that's kind of what we do is we chat a lot with with you know brands, some who get it, some who don't, who want to be closer to the fans, um, and it can often be really patronising whether it's coming from a club or a sponsor. You know, you've got a mean on that. You can't just go, oh, "We're about fans." Uh, what what the, I tell you, what was the the one that that got me a bit was the the Barclays UR football yeah. Yeah. a few years ago, mm. and it's like, hang on a minute, right? Just because you've been pumping cash our cash that yeah. you're making probably illegitimately yeah. because you're a bank <laughs> and you're, you're pumping that into the game of football allegedly and now you're going to tell us that we are football yeah fuck you the, yeah. the thing is they're not football fans are not stupid enough to, 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 to buy that I hope, but also as well, you know that that bit that TV advert. I don't know if you remember, it was like an eight-year-old Everton fan in there. Yeah. That poor old duffer's been going to the games for years, and like, look at the cost yeah. of it now. What it costs him. So, oh yeah, thank yeah. you, Barclays. Yeah, yeah. really patronising. Yeah, it was it was terrible, and um, it just goes to show how, how out of touch some of these football clubs and brands are. And I think that's. It sounds like an advert, and but you do yeah, because they want real fans, don't yeah. they? They all want. Oh yeah, that, that, we well, want to speak to. We want to speak to real fans, yeah. so we're doing this thing, and and, and most of it you just like going. Yeah. Football fans. Well, real real fans, as long as they're shot in a in a pub played by actors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's not real fans. That's no. that's that's people fraudulently pretending to be them. You know, yeah. no one watches no one watches the game with their mates in a in a, in a scarf at home. Right. Oh God. Do you know? Do you know? know? I never thought I'd never ever thought I'd work in a, in an industry that. That, that puts brands in front of football. It was mm. something that I fundamentally felt was wrong with, wrong with football until I met Bull Street, and they explained that this is this is what happens yeah. currently, and this is how it can be done properly. And um, it was the idea that you know the the, the, the brands come to our well, real fans. This is how this is this is what we want to demonstrate. And then you see those ones they're in they're in an abandoned stadium. They shoot it so that it looks like the whole stadium is full. They've got kids with hats on, and the dad's got the scarf on, and you think yeah. you, you don't have any idea. And what by bringing the people together at Bull Street that we have, you know, we have a good idea about what real well, real fans. We don't even use term like no, real fans. No, because no, you don't. But but so often people get it wrong. But even when people are working with football clubs, they get it wrong. That Dunkin' Donuts one with Liverpool, yeah. Yeah. where they had essentially gone, "Oh, hi guys, yeah. <laughs> we sponsor Liverpool. What's <laughs> up? Yeah. What's up, guys?" And what they did, they took the Liverpool badge, and this isn't a laughing matter. No, they re- they they redid the Liverpool badge in Dunkin' Donuts. 
Discordant style, which included going, oh yeah, God, you know these eternal flames oh, that no. are to mark oh, the no. 96 tragedy. Then what know, did they do? They, they replaced <laughs> them with milkshake cartons. Yeah. Right, oh and they God. then sent it out, going, "Oh God, yeah, check out us, you know, where send, you... send us your wacky designs." Yeah, right. and, and obviously people are like, uh, "Excuse me, uh, I think people might take offence to that," yeah. you know. But this is what people do, and a lot of times you you find you you work with with a brand, um, you work with a, an, an agency that's representing a brand, and the people that are actually in control and making some of these decisions. They know nothing about football. They haven't been. They've not been to the games. They've not been through that experience. So some of the decisions and some of they think that they, some of the things that they think should happen uh, are just ridiculous and, and would actually be counterproductive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the whole reason you know brands get involved with with football as, as sponsors is because it's so evocative. It's so passionate, right? That's why people get behind it. Yeah. Um, These people fucking spunk money, yeah, but they don't want to try I, and manufacture that. Yeah, exactly. You can't then you can't no. then sanitize it and go, well, hold on. We, I know we said real fans, but what I kind of want is uh, you know that nice gastro pub in Fulham uh, on the way to uh, you know on the way to Craven Cottage because it's a bit safer. Yeah. You've know, got, you got to be real and you've got to be authentic about it. Look, um, but brands looking. Going, look at all these people, they're just yeah. spunking. They're just throwing money at they're, they're throwing money, and regardless of what happens, they just keep every season just yeah. pouring truckloads of money all over the game. What we need to get involved in this, and, and so they should because it makes sense. But, um, there's a right way, but you, you, way can, you can be there and you can add value. Oh, sorry, that sounds like a really corporate term, add value, but you can be meaningful and authentic. and yeah. And uh, and talk to fans in a way it's not patronising. But there's a lot of it out there, and there's a lot of people that aren't who they say they are, and there's a lot of this for the fans, mm. by the fans. Yeah. When it's not, it's a production company yeah. that's that's pretending it. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. there's a few examples of that. We won't go into that. So but. yeah, if you do want to do it right, get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Email Jed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, with, with a G, just in case. <laughs> yeah. just, just in case. And that is G E D dot. C-O-L-L. Coming up after the break, don't forget we are going to have our Dunkin' Donuts competition where you stand to win a Liverpool season ticket and some Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> but first this from <laughs> Dick Bass. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, the Charlton. <laughs> Charlton fans. So lots yeah. of unhappy Charlton fans. Right? And, and it's kind of... The big thing that, um, you know, this string of... Uh, of Bizarre and embarrassing situations, coupled with managerial unrest, a bunch of players that aren't fit to aren't fit to lace to the boots the, of Johnny Jackson, yeah. um, or wear the substandardly or, or aged the shirt. substandardly aged yellow third kit. Um, <laughs> you know, all of that culminating with a point blank refusal from um, from the people, at, you know, from Catherine Mayer and, and Roland de Chatelet to enter into a. Um, a conversation with fans, you know, there's no the trust request this, yeah, 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 and it's been, you know, it was done numerous times. And let's be honest, right, you know, you, you've been to a lot of football grounds, fans, Charm fans, I love it, I love it down there, but we're probably not the most intimidating set of fans no. in the world. Very you know, much. it's very, very, very soft. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a problem. Oh, friendly. Friendly. It's nice. There, I like you can that. take the piss. You, know, <laughs> you can just walk down the street bare chested. Dicks out if you want. What is wrong with you? Why have you got like this? I don't know. You're so so sad. It's because you've been at a festival for a few days. He's been off his head on drugs and he's probably been a sex fest. I I lost my mind on Friday. I can't tell you. you Have you been to a nudist camp? There was a nude section of the Boomtown Fair. I I saw lots of boobs. 
Get yourself down Charlton, which now is now it now seems to have or actually this might give the owners idea with a bloody nude section. So yeah. Dixon yeah. tits welcome. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. So so uh, look, so, I mean it's not an unreasonable request from, from fans to want to enter into an engagement with it, uh, you know, to engage with the with the board to address these concerns and the fact that it was you know that it's there's been a little bit of lip service paid, but only in the light of, of the protests, which you know have, have gathered a bit of press coverage in the last um, in the last six or seven months. Um, has that happened? You know, what was this letter? Yeah, what was the letter at the weekend? That, yeah. I saw that doing the rounds. We were we were uh, Facebook. Let, let, me, let, me, just, let me just just say this: that Charlton Fran was threatened to have his season <laughs> ticket or, or t- ticket taken away from him unless he signed a contract that meant that it wouldn't he wouldn't make derogatory comments. Yeah, uh, which essentially means comments that intend to raise. Uh, anger or violent feelings that's the kind of violent feelings I hate you yeah uh, about a couple clubs said that the the comments were inflammatory yeah I mean this this one uh, again a lot of people kind of text me or text whatsapp um, <laughs> granddad um, a lot of people send me whatsapps on uh, on Friday so have you seen this and immediately I kind of feared the worst and oh god they're at it again but I think this is just this is a, another kind of PR gaffe rather than anything else mm-hmm. from the um, from the club on this because I think it is one incident I believe you know certain clubs they, they can address you know you, you can address fans with regards to things like this I think if they'd have phoned him up and said right we want to talk to you about this fine to have a season ticket but some of these comments you've made now I don't know what the comments are I don't know who the keyser is because he's unnamed yeah. but um, by sending a letter it opens yourself up to, to another you know because again people jump on the back of it and go oh look Charlton Charlton being dicks yeah. again yeah absolutely um, I'm not sticking up for the club I'm just saying they could have managed that better again yeah they could have managed it better but ultimately it's what any club probably they all, all clubs probably have a procedure in this instance yeah. and they probably followed procedure it was just stupidity really to, 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 to make it Give the fans uh, that are kind yeah. of opposing the club more opportunity to. But I mean, again, the, the language in it, the, this agreed behavioural contract, you know, just writing a letter saying that if you if you if you're saying right, we want to have a, a chat with you about some of the stuff you post on social media, um, it's a lot easier, more easily handled because you're behaving like humans. The kind of the letter to go, oh yeah, an agreed behavioural contract. Otherwise, you're not going to get your season ticket. Just again, makes it. So much more. Um, the the, prob- the problems with terms like behavioural contract is that mm. they kind of hark back to kind of communist di- dictatorial such yeah. states where if you don't <coughs> behave, you'll be denied. You know what it is you, that makes you happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that's that, that is kind of how it reads. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, it's just another line of, of something that the club could have handled better I don't know the ins and outs of what's been said because I do think some, you know, like I'm all for freedom of speech I'm forever slagging the club off on mm. social media and I've been down there and I've I've protested with the fans and stuff because I'm I'm not I'm not putting up for the shit that you ever you ever thought about setting fire to the stadium? Um, the only time I've ever thought about setting fire to the stadium flag is when you've suggested it numerous times in the pub because you think it's a good idea. Um, um, I, I just I, I fail to see your rationale. Like the one kind of the, the one this kind of cathedral of football that we were away from for so many years yeah. and are finally back hey, at. So um, another quick message from our sponsors there. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You seen to think you'd be. Good idea to burn down. Brought to you by Dick Bat. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. 
It, yeah, what, what is your point? My, my point is, what is to be achieved by setting fire to, well, to the van? What, 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 does, what does the wife of a, uh, an American football star do when he catches his husband, her husband, boning the, the maid? More sex. What, what happens? She burns his shit. What are you talking to about? To make a point. Right, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll float this one. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure it will be hugely popular amongst Charlton fans, Flav. To... Burn the stadium is all right, I say. Okay. No, actually, look, for the record, don't burn anything. You'll no. get lots of trouble. And if anyone does burn the stadium now, I'll probably get sued. Yeah, I'm probably quite right. And right. it's clearly a joke. Yeah. Burn the stadium. And Catherine Mayer's a lawyer as well, so she's, she's got one up on you there, isn't she? Yeah, that's, it's clear that I'm joking, though, so that might stand up. Yeah. Will it? <laughs> We've got a lawyer coming on the, the Bull Street podcast next week. That's right. It's a good job they didn't come today after your festival because uh, yeah, it say, probably yeah. would have been. Uh... For the record, I'm fine. The festival <laughs> isn't. I'm, it hasn't impacted me in any yeah, way. You do seem like a well balanced individual today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so we run a, a risk of, of, of when, when certainly when clubs, you know, say things like. Um, you know, they're wanting you to control what you say mm. and how you speak about the club. But as a business, aren't they within their rights to say, you know, they're, they're running it. They're running it as a business. Like it or lump it, we are customers of this business. It isn't an, uh, it isn't an organisation which you're a member of. You're a mm. client. Spurs, on, on our uh, membership cards, say client reference number. Right. It doesn't say membership number. It's clear how the club sees yeah, but you. You don't have to accept it, do you? You know, you don't have to accept these things just because that's the way it is. So, you know, likewise, you you didn't accept the fact that you felt the atmosphere at White Hart Lane was getting quieter and it wasn't the fortress it was, and and set up the eighteen eighty two movement. Yeah, but that that that's, that wasn't that, that was. I'm not. There's a clear thing. There's a clear number of steps you can take to potentially make a better uh, atmosphere. Mm. But essentially, in this instance, you're taking on. A superpower, you know, you're you're one fan or yeah. a number of fans against the club that don't have to listen to you. They don't have to listen, but again, um, to use this, the standard Liège example, uh, it's my understanding that fan pressure caused uh, caused the Châtelet to walk away from that. Mm. So again, you know, if that's a if that's a beacon of uh, a beacon of hope to to ask them, then you know who says it who says it can't be done? You know, you got to keep believing, otherwise you just you know you end up sat in an empty stadium drinking Dunkin' Donuts. Milkshakes all day long, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I, you know. I was playing devil's advocate, but I, I think so much has been done, certainly in recent times, to ensure that we, if we don't have a better game for ourselves than the kids do when when, mm. when they walk through the turnstiles, probably kind of automated doors with robots and whatnot <laughs> in the future. <laughs> but turnstiles is, is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know the. If we're working together as a group, you know, in terms of, you know, we have this motto at Bull Street about club together, fans working together for the betterment of the game. We've seen examples and green shoots yeah. of progress in, in uh, like I said, uh, the, the, the 20s plenty campaign. Yeah, it's, it's great. And, and even clubs, you know, the, the kind of the, the Phoenix clubs type thing and... Uh, I don't mean Northern Comics, uh, the Phoenix Club, like Les Reed. I mean kind of, um, you know, kind of clubs rising from the ashes. So things like AFC Wimbledon, you look yeah. at that and go, okay, well, do you know what? If you're, United. Yeah, yeah, those 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 guys. I don't know. I don't know as much about FC United, but um, you know, particularly Wimbledon to go. Oh yeah, we're going to move your club to Milton Keynes. Why? Uh, Milton Keynes doesn't have a club. So fucking what? Yeah, I don't care if Milton Keynes has got a club or not. And where are AFC and Milton Keynes now? In the same, yeah, in the, same in the same league, and that's. Uh, that's a great thing. That's that's the power of um, of what you're able to do as a fan. So it's just worth saying at this point, if you if you like Jed so far, uh, you can see him uh, on the internet 
in the first episode of Ball Street FC, which is... The award-winning Ball Street FC. Yeah. yeah. We've won an award? Internally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the award called? Um, it was called uh, We Won Second in the Best Bit of Content During That Week So uh, that was good What was first? Uh, I can't remember James was just looking beautiful in something So uh, Yeah but so, yeah, so, so Go on Bull Street YouTube YouTube YouTube.com forward slash Bull Street Check um, it out But, it, but it's, it's a new it's, it's the kit reveal video isn't it? There's a series right There's a series of four videos around the, 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 the hashtag United and Ball Street FC game, um, we do <laughs> shed in the in the kit, kit. We do our own kit launch, which was kind of like a top call cool, actually, given West Ham's faux pas and whatnot. Which so, gave us the idea. Yeah. I'm in it as well. You're, the star of the Ball Street podcast well, is also now the star of our YouTube. Self-appointed. Self-appointed <laughs> star. You know, the, the, not my words. We're quite proud of the kit top launch Gear magazine because none of us are, are actors, but it appears that. Some of us are. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> I, then, I am an actor. Well, yeah. I'm acting right now. <laughs> so yeah, you need to search um, Ball Street FC versus hashtag. Yeah, and there's a few videos on. Yeah, and, and this is what we're going to do again, aren't we, Flav? Yeah, we're, we're playing next. We got. Can we announce it yet? Probably not. No, we can, we because we, we haven't got. We got a big yet. one in the pipeline. But but if you're listening out there and you've got a team and you're not very good and you're looking for an opponent and you've got a million followers. <laughs> yeah, minimum. Yeah. From a sponsor's point of view, I'm kind of going to need that. So. Yeah, yeah then, then, then we'll play you. But um, yeah, I mean, Jed, Jed, tell us a bit about your role. So my role, and again, this is an assumed role. This is me as an actor doing this. Yeah. Um, I've assumed the role of third choice goalkeeper. Which um, who's the second choice the goalkeeper? There is no second choice goalkeeper. <laughs> What I, yeah, what what I've kind of become because I enjoyed that. That was great fun, and we've produced a, a wonderful bit of video, right? Yeah. But what's kind of started to grate on me now is people are kicking footballs at me around the office. Ah, oh, shit, keep. I'm an all right goalkeeper. I'm not awful. I've seen you. You know, oh, good. And then especially you dishing out the stick, you know, wandering around, firing balls at me. Go, oh shit, third choice keeper. I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's the funniest thing in the world that, that Jed's face when he when he he's, he's announced as the third choice goalkeeper, despite the fact that there are only two goalkeepers at the football club it is fantastic Flav your character um, I play an arsehole which is um, not far from the truth yeah, no. some might say you've been doing that role in a method actor kind of way as preparation for that for a number of months actually I but took my inspiration from Neymar <laughs> so you're just wearing headphones and shades yeah, shades and, yep. and asking questions of your agent and, and just being rude basically yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much this is basically uh, an, like an office version of of, of of, of a football club yeah. how we would see it although obviously it's nowhere near as good as the office yeah. that would be a ridiculous thing to say although it kind of you know, and that up probably there. is isn't it yeah. probably is uh, and I'm the chairman well, you're yeah. player chairman player chairman yeah. um, and then uh, and, and also so Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV is our manager but because we lost our first game and I, I, did Robbie do a good job as manager no give you my I think he did a poor job yeah I'd agree with that I think I he, was, he was the, the, the reason why we lost the second game so essentially we're 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 two 0 down after five minutes because we had too many players there, and and, and Robbie wanted to. <laughs> we had, we no, we, had, we did have. We two, just didn't have too many. We had. We had, we had far like, too many. We had like three squads worth. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, and we, we kind of ended up trying to like appease a lot of people, so we ended up playing and we started off this game and we were two 0 down after a few minutes. And then I, I was taken off. And then we pulled it back. <laughs> yeah. So me, me and James went on in centre midfield uh, saying to the gaffer, we'll tighten it up. We did tighten it up. I mean, you can see all this online. But then Robbie took me off at 3-all. It fell apart. We lost 6-3. 
there's been a lot of talk of Robbie out. Hashtag Robbie mm. out. Um, what is, was that story just to say that you got taken off and it fell apart? It was a little bit, yeah. So you've done that. You, obviously, there's no need to watch the video now. Well, we you can go on and comment about how good Matt is. I think they need to... No, no, but, but I, I, I didn't play that well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you so can't do that. That's him on a six. Well, all I wanted to do... I, ten. I just saw this as a good opportunity to, to, you know, to get Jed some hits as third choice keeper. Well, this is it, yeah. For no other reason, watch this video for, yeah, for, Jed's, for Jed's, Jed's, Jed's jokes. That's, very, that's very, very kind. Very funny. Not been that funny on this podcast, which is yeah, a shame. No, it's, it's all falling apart, isn't it? Um, so, um, I mean, there have been other examples of things going wrong. Uh, football Rangers have, you know, there's been this long catalogue of things. Uh, so, that have so gone tell wrong. us about this, this Ranger, this, this latest one with the kick, because mm. I heard that today and I was like, Yeah, so what? basically at the moment, at this stage, Rangers earn 4p on every shirt sold, and this is a deal struck by. How can they? Well, because Michael Ashley, um, Michael, Michael Ashley uh, owns all trading activity at Rangers essentially including the club's crest so he, he rescued them a while ago and then part of the, oh. the deal that he did for himself was one that was surprisingly very very beneficial for himself yes I don't know the word rescued is the right one I don't profess to know because it's such an emotive subject all I know is this that, um, that, that there was a seven year notice period that Rangers have given notice on but for the next seven years Ashley owns uh, rights to uh, shirt sales and, and the badge and um, obviously Rangers fans have called on Puma to hold off distributing the kit because there's there's a deal to try and get Rangers a better uh, percentage of the, the money um, and the, the, the Puma, Puma set up this kind of fan facing campaign we're about the fans mm. type thing and then um, when they got the opportunity, distributed it to Sports Direct, despite Rangers saying, please do not. Yeah, so um, what happened is that, again, so the fans are the ones that are going to buy this shirt, and now buying the shirt of their club, but hardly any of the money goes to the club, which four, desperately four needs people. it, because it's going to Sports Direct and essentially to Mike Ashley's yeah. pockets. It's a, it's a huge revenue stream. Right. And it isn't available to them. It's, it's a bit, it sounds a bit like the Sir Philip Green BHS mm. thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Whereby he's essentially bought a company in order to kind of... Uh, strip it bare in order to, to line his own pockets, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I love how Jed's taught us today, if anything, that you can just you, you can say anything you want and just slap in the I word don't, allegedly. I don't, I don't <coughs> think that. I don't think that's like a, a, a safe word for any kind of legal. I just thought it might help. Yeah, it's no, a shame. They say it on how it needs for you. I've seen that. So yeah, yeah. Just put in allegedly isn't. But enough. But but this is um. So this with the kit is um. That's horrible, by yeah, the way. Yeah, because the, the kit at least is, but particularly the badge as well. You know, yeah. that's the symbol of everything. You know, you talk about it with um, with the Dunkin' Donuts faux pas. The badge is everything. You know, it's it's Sacred. it's literally right next to your heart. You know, that's the bit that, that kind of symbolises yeah. the uh, uh, the club, and particularly to fans. You know, it's, you, it's the bit that loyal players kiss. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, the one they kiss for a contract extension. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a. But but this is one of them times where surely the only measure is is for the fans to start making their own kit and whipping up that support yeah. Yeah. and then selling that kit and then giving the money to the club or something it's, like that. It's, um, it's one of the measures Charlton fans have done actually. Really? Again, so a lot, of the, a lot of the protests have been don't uh, you know the only way that um, that the owners are going to listen is if you hit them financially. So, um, you know, boycotting boycotting the games, some people have done, but, you know, that's, that's, a, difficult that's a very difficult do. thing to do. Um, but not buying the new kit and, uh, you know, not buying booze and food in the ground and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, the new kit, they've, um, there is a, a black and white um, 
kit which has been uh, which has been made as like a supporters kit um, black and white being kind of spell it out in black and white that it's not um, nice. that the club's not being run properly I like little things like Blackpool, that Blackpool Blackpool launched their own kit a tangerine yeah. kit that um, it wasn't you know, anything to do I mean, with God you know I think it, it work they are really in the mire now. you've had a lot of examples of that where the, the fans are completely at odds with the ownership of the mm. club and the, the guy in charge of the club just doesn't care mm. you know, well Hull you know Hull likewise as well um, was that disrupted you in some way I, I keep going it's on your run on. but yeah again you know I think Great that's the Hull's, the Hull's an interesting <laughs> Hull's an interesting <laughs> one as well because to go back to what we were saying you know you think oh right well it's easy to paper over the cracks and go we're in the Premier League now everything's right and rosy again the um, uh, yeah. but yeah you know the, the, there's a, a huge amount of uh, um, of uncertainty and um, I mean, the most, at that club the, at the moment is there's uh, at least a hundred million pounds sitting in their bank account yeah. because that's what's coming in from from TV money and thirteen fit players. Yeah. So they have the money to sort that out, but there's such bitterness between the Lamb family and, and the and, and the fans that he's not willing. He's not willing to. to he's clearly looking for a, a sale in the club or just mm. not willing to put yeah. the work in to ensure this whole. Whole will 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 survive, and look, this is a risk you take when taking on your football club because you are going to alienate people who are there. Ultimately, some might honestly fail, and others mm-hmm. might intentionally be um, apathetic to the, the the causes of the football club and the traditions set set by them. But you know, ultimately, if you take on your football club, there's going to be repercussions, and I think most fans are, are, are ready for those. Yeah. I mean, they don't. I, I don't think whole fans really care about surviving in the, in the Premier League more than they they want their club back. But that's the way it should be. You know, it should be that there is something more than it than just being. You know, oh, we finished. Uh, you know, we finished fifteenth in the Premier League. You know, and that again, that's kind of what the marketing tells you. You know, that it's the Premier League survival Sunday and and all this kind of stuff. But actually, you know, if your club has lost. All of its soul, or you feel like it's heading yeah. that way, then you should you should take action and you should um, be vocal and, and take you know whatever legal measures um, that, you, that you deem uh, sufficient. I've always thought that I would prefer to uh, um, serve. Sorry, Ray. I've told you that again. again. It's another another great starter sentence. No, no, <laughs> God, because this is great. Because the last time on the oh, pod, God. He, he nailed this. <laughs> I've always thought I'd rather reign in hell than serve in heaven. Yeah. Um, just to continue our sexual. But how exactly thing. bad would that be? I mean, it, hell could be horrible. Although, you know, the, the idea of it's like, as I understand it, lots of debauchery. Yeah, so, oh, no. so, so yeah, it'd probably be all right. Uh, someone uh, sticking. What a are they going to do to me, yeah. as flab? Oh, well, it gets done to me. Yeah. Oh, right, take my yeah. trousers off now. Oh, no, you nasty devil. <laughs> It would probably be some of his Larry trousers that got him there in the first place. <laughs> it would be. No, but, but, but seriously, okay, so, so if you're Blackpool, because a lot of these teams that end up like <coughs> in a state are teams that have got up there, had a year or two, yeah. and then they've come down and then they've struggled to kind of cope with the the managing of it, and and, and then they haven't got back there or, or they've started to plummet like, uh, like Blackpool have, right? Um, and then there's the odd Hull and Cardiff one where, where the owner has come in and maybe they've got up for a year it's here or there. It's with the traditions, isn't it? Well, yeah. Like, like the, the Cardiff, uh, he changed the kit from blue, red, like the yeah. Bluebirds have made it, made it red. <laughs> it's like the complete like opposite. Like, hang on a minute, Just I've been supporting them all my life. So we are the Bluebirds. Yeah. We, all our songs are about being blue and, and now you're doing that. And your lambs did they do? 
the whole city title. Yeah, the whole city title. name of the football club. Yeah. So is it worth? And, and this is you know because as a as a town fan that's after a, as many as two games that's you know at the top of the league and I'm starting to now you know think about the the reality that might be about us getting into the Premier League. Do I want it? Well, well, what? what yeah, what cost? Because you're going to attract people that are commercially driven. Mm. So what? Uh, what 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 goes on in Oldfield? What do you mean? Well, what what's the industry there? That there's not much. Well, it, it, well if I you mean, had to sell Huddersfield Town to, to to me and I wanted to live there, what, how would you sell it? I'd probably sell it actually. What to sell it to you as a, as yeah, a potential I'll, investor? buy you want to buy Huddersfield? Well, yeah, or, or I uh, want to move to Huddersfield more 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 actually. I'm I'm from London. Sell Huddersfield Town, the town. To don't me. do it, Flav. That isn't your, you no, it's true. your commercially understanding. No, but I, I'm telling you, now. don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> well, what, what is what, it? What, what, there's nothing there. Is there? Do they do good fish and chips? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do, do, okay. Do you like fish and chips? I love. love fish well, we've got chip. great fish and chips up north. What do you put, put on them? Uh, well, we have scraps. Yeah, for one thing, scraps. What the fuck yeah. is scraps? It's not just a beautiful dog that sometimes comes in here. Yeah. Um, scraps. Soon to be co-host of the Bull Street podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he, he do a better job than me. Um, but oh. scraps are the little bits, you know, like the batter bits. Yeah. So yeah. what they do in Yorkshire and and in other places up north as well is that those little bits are actually the best bit. So they start to as they start to fall off and they you know the the fish comes out of the, the deep fat thing they start to put them into the side and then what you do is you get your fish and chips with scraps on which is essentially a little trowel of and they have special trowels for this not just any old it's not just they're there and they get a spoon or whatever or just nudge them out with that they have yeah. a, a purpose built is there high levels usually, of heart disease there? they're probably they're high decent. levels of taste though as well. but, 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 <laughs> honestly um Fish and chips is fish and chips with, like with bits with bits or scraps. scraps. I was going to try Hanker and do this bit where they rename Huddersfield Town, but fish and chips just ain't going to do it, is it? So because whole city is a tiger, the tiger's like fierce. It's well, where the terriers. terriers. Mm. Huddersfield Town, the terriers. The Huddersfield terriers. This would be quite funny though, wouldn't it? <laughs> if it's <laughs> face. Yeah. Well, he's a Yorkshire terrier. He's, he's of the terrier family, but he's not a Yorkshire terrier. Right. But but on, on the badge, you have a little terrier, uh, yeah. just with it with a little. St- Little hand on the ball like yeah. that. <laughs> you quite like that, man. Sounds a bit. I don't know. I, I kind of do, and I don't. It's Terry. Terry the Terrier. Terry. Terry's the Terry. Anyway, look. This is hasn't gone how I thought it would. This is probably our I'm worst off. podcast. Yeah. Well done, Jed. Yeah. So I can say cheers. Great to be here, lads. You say that. You listen back to this as a gold. I promise you. I know podcasting. Um, <laughs> listen. Uh, look. If there are problems going at your on at your football club, um, don't be one of those people like me for a long time. We thought the machine was too big. Mm. There's so many causes. There's so many organising bodies that you can get behind. Every club has a supporters trust, and if it doesn't, set one up, because it's about organising and coming together in order to to, to, to kind of change the game for, for the good. For the good, and it can change quickly. Fairer for fans, making it fairer for brands. Because on the sales side, we we like to create advertising that's. Um, that's not just trying to interrupt your experience. Yeah. It's not just trying to, to shove a brand in there, but it's actually trying to uh, play a, a complementary role in in people's enjoyment of the game and enjoyment of certain video. So that's what we try and try and, try and do. <coughs> and for fans, um, I think that when they connect, when they're able to support each other. Um, Stand together rather than divided. I think amazing things can be achieved, and I think that's what you've, you know, we've got. We've had a few examples of that. Um, we are a bunch of fans that work together. You know, we're not 
Ball Street and everything we do, it's not invented in a in a boardroom or something like that. It's a genuine people like you that before we even knew you, mm. you were kind of out there playing a role in in what's right for your club and 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 helping people kind of enjoy it and connect around their area of shared passion. Yeah. We've got likes of guys from Arsenal, guys from Southend, guys from Liverpool, guys from Everton, guys from West Ham. We've all kind of done this thing, and uh, and hopefully we we can we can help. Um, for other people help pull them up and into the chopper oh, yeah. and we can kind of together um, help change some of these things because some of the things that do go on at football clubs it's wrong man it's a big part of Bull Street and um, again why, why, I, why I was sold on it so, um, so easily was is that we, we, we're looking to build an audience that can actually make an impact mm. on some of these issues yes yeah so and that's about fans coming together. It is. So it isn't just a building a, a platform for one set of fans, like the fighting cop does with Tottenham. It's about yeah. getting all of those people together, and then let's make the game a little bit better. Again, it's another um, you know giving fans a voice is another empty statement that gets thrown around a lot. Actually, what you know what Ball Street is trying to do is is um, the platform is the right is the right words to do it because you don't have to accept what the mainstream media and the traditional media are, are telling you. You know you can. Give me, give you, giving you a voice. I yeah. mean, like, honestly, I oh, hate yeah. that. It's like, oh yeah, what we do is we're giving you a voice. Like, well, hang on a minute, yeah, who right? are you to give me a yeah. voice? Yeah. Who's anyone to give me a voice? We, I have my own damn voice, yeah. and actually, I can go to the footy with my family yeah. and stand with my people. You know, my Yorkshire people, my Huddersfield people, and we can make enough noise and enough of a voice. So yeah, you, a lot of these patronising, empty, bullshit statements. That's what we're kind of fighting How about, as well. You got a voice? Is a megaphone? Yeah. That's the, it, well, have we done that? Well, that? Was that new? Did I just make that up? Or is no, that, it's probably been done. Probably done, done, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like... Um, Something you'd come up with? No, I would never come up with that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be sketched no in the back of a notebook somewhere. Anyway, um, yeah, great, fantastic. Jed, thank you for, for joining us on the Long Ball Street podcast. Oh, thank you. Uh, remember, you can follow us at Long Ball Street. Um, you know, if you, if you like what we do, and if you've listened to previous episodes, and then tweet about them, share them with your friends. This is essentially how these things... Um, what I was just going to say, and, and let us know, because I have a strong suspicion that this is our worst ever podcast. I'm not trying to be rude to Jed but yeah, it, it just feels feel like that it, way it? it just don't I, I don't know if it's me maybe I'm tired I don't know if it's you and all, all your sexual uh, angst no that's been it's not that the, the fact that it's, Flav you're sitting here naked now you, <laughs> told, you told us not to tell the listeners and you're sitting here naked you and we're fully clothed you haven't mentioned the erection though <laughs> oh, no, oh my god <laughs> but t- tell us if this is the worst podcast of ours you've ever listened oh, to or tell us if you'd like to see that on Facebook live <laughs> You can't, you can't, you can't compare this with our interview with Michael Dubry or, or Ian Wright, obviously, because we don't have the experiences they had. We shouldn't be making excuses for ourselves as a I'm free not podcast. Making excuses. Look, you're, you, you are. You are. You're asking to people I'm to tell us how I'm bad. I'm, <laughs> I'm apologising. I just want to know if this is worse than our other podcasts, or, or you like it. That's well, all what, I want to know. what other one would you compare it to? I think it's probably the first one, which was poor as well. So you're going to do this every time we don't have a brilliant guest on, aren't you? Again, still here, guys. Um, <laughs> can I just interrupt at this juncture as well and say that this podcast has been sponsored by Fish and Chips and scraps are available in Huddersfield. So. Uh, but uh, at, the lo- at Longball Street is our, is our new Twitter. Yeah, tweet us how shit this episode is. Uh, <laughs> and Michael Dubry, yeah, that, that part with Ian Wright. Uh, Michael Venom Page last week was fantastic. It was I think you're on the down from that. Isn't it? that you're on the that was, no, no, that's what a real podcast sounds that like. That is, one. I know. Check that's that one out. Look, I, think, I know. I want to do MLA podcasts now. I don't I know. like football anymore. I want, you, I want to be with Michael. You've, had, page in you've the had lots of Haribo. 
I've had right? a, you, I've you're had crashing a from sugar. You, you, you're, you're on an anticlimax because you've got to spend two hours with one of your heroes. Um, and now you're taking out on me and Jet. <laughs> um, we also spoke to football agents and fo- football advisors. <laughs> oh, you can't put Jim Irwood in there. I said agents, but I say agent. Uh, washed up agents former, made the bill. former agents and we've, no, we do have a I mean next week we've got a great podcast Absolutely coming up superb uh, for those of you that like the Adam Osper podcast <laughs> sorry <laughs> Jen Jen is still so, yeah, honestly look seriously we'll book a guest next week I'm, I've, got, I've got loads of people in my contact but like you know look you're, you'll be surprised you'll listen back and think that was actually alright I guarantee it again yeah don't pick it up too much <laughs> find us on iTunes leave a review <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, don't leave not this episode. No, yeah, yeah, not this episode. Listen to Listen one of our to, other podcasts. Yeah. Oh, Jeeves was good, wasn't he? He was great. Jeeves. Why didn't you say I've got nothing to bring to this podcast before we started recording? I, I started on a trying to be a self-deprecating note, and then you two have proceeded to stick the boot in, which is, which is what you do around here. You do accents. You could have pretended to be Jose Mourinho. I, I bloody should have as well, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jose Mourinho. In fact, in fact yeah. next week we've got Jose Mourinho. Yeah. It's, it's a scoop, and we caught with him earlier, and he had this message for you. Don't, don't forget to listen to Ball Street Podcast. It is, for me, the best bot, uh, the best podcast that there is, and this is sure. And uh, we'll see you at the back post. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.